We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. And I want us to kind of shift over now back to this thing, the Logos and the Rod. The Rod of Moses that he threw down before Pharaoh. You remember the story there in Exodus, the seventh chapter, verses 9 through 10? Well, actually, it was Moses' rod when he was talking to God. God had him to throw it down. But Moses said, I can't talk, so he sent Aaron with him. So it ended up being Aaron's rod that was thrown down before Pharaoh. Now, the rod was a type of Jesus, or a type of the Word of God. Now, when he threw the rod down, it turned into a serpent. And this is a type of Jesus becoming sin for us. And all the magicians threw their rods down, and they turned into serpents. But did you notice that Aaron's rod swallowed up all the others? In other words, the serpent that his rod turned into swallowed all the other snakes. And then it turned back into the rod, which is a type of Jesus receiving sin and doing away with sin. Then turning back into the Word of God. And then we see again in the seventh chapter where that the rod was used to turn water into blood. The rod turned water into blood. Then in the uh, eighth, ninth, and tenth chapter, the rod brought plagues upon Egypt. Now remember, the rod is a type of the Word the people that disobeyed God would not listen to what God said. Pharaoh wouldn't listen to God. It brought destruction upon them. And then in the 14th chapter, verse 16, it divided the Red Sea. Now, God had led the children of Israel out through Moses, and you remember what happened? They came to the Red Sea, and God said to Moses, Why Christ thou to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And he said, take the rod in your hand. Now, what I want to point out to you, that this rod is a type of Jesus, or it's a type of the Word of God. The rod in his hand was what Moses needed for deliverance. He used it against the enemy. He used it to divide the Red Sea. I mean, they're in a bad situation. I mean, Pharaoh's army is behind. The sea is in front of them. There's nowhere to go, seemingly, but there was somewhere to go. He stretched that rod out toward the sea, and it divided, and the wind blew, and there was dry land, and they walked on dry land. The rod was what delivered them, or that's what God used as an instrument. Now, it's a type of the Word of God. I want you to keep this in mind. So, then we find in the 17th chapter that it brought water out of a rock. He told Moses to lift that rod and strike the rock. And water came out. And of course, we know that that rock is a type of Jesus. And the striking of the rock is a type of Jesus being smitten for our sins. But it brought what they needed. See, the rod was the instrument that God used. It was anointed. And it was used to bring them whatever was needed. 
Now, in the 17th chapter, in verse 8 and 9, you find that it brought military victory. They've got into a situation where Joshua's gone out to fight with Amalek, and he said, I'll stand on the hill and I'll hold the rod out there. Now, see, they've learned to use this rod. He said, I'll hold the rod up. And when he'd hold the rod up, then Joshua would have great victory. But when he would let his hand down, the enemy would prevail. Now, does that begin to strike a (laughs) chord with you? Jesus, on the Mount of Temptation, he used the Word of God on the devil. Brought great victory, didn't it? I mean, all he'd say is just what God said. The rod of God that was in Moses' hand is a type of the Word. It brings victory in battle. It'll bring victory militarily. It brings victory and supplies the need of every situation. Now, you see it, the mighty victory that it brought there, then in Numbers, the 20th chapter again here, you find that the rod was used. He told Moses to take the rod in your hand and walk before this rock and speak to the rock. Now, this one's what got Moses in trouble because he took the rod in his hand and he didn't speak to the rock. He got in strife with the children of Israel. He started talking to them. He said, you're a bunch of rebels. And he said, we're going to have to bring water out of this rock for you. And he hit the rock twice. And you shouldn't have done that. Because you see, the striking of the rock the one time was to be a type of Jesus being smitten. And the water coming out was a type of our salvation and deliverance. And when he smote the rock twice... It was bad news, and besides that, he'd already disobeyed God. He didn't speak to the rock. He spoke to the children of Israel. God didn't tell him to talk to them. See, it's important that we follow God's direction. And I think sometimes today we kind of just make up our own rules as we go. But God's words are full of life and they're full of power. And when we use it the way God says to use it, it'll supply our need. Now, before Moses died, now it caused him a premature death. It caused Aaron to die a premature death because he was right in on the whole deal. He could have stopped it if he would, but he didn't. But read the 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy. You find that Moses blessed Israel before he died. And he began to speak over the tribes of Israel, and he proclaimed what would happen. Now, see, he's doing it by the inspiration of God. He's proclaiming some things over them. And I want you to see how powerful God's Word is. It's a living thing. And even though Moses died, passed away, was gone, but his words lived on. They lived on and came to pass, just like he said. And the prophets of God that prophesied things in the Old Testament, and even things that came to pass even in the New Covenant, Many of them died and went on to their reward and never saw any of it come to pass. But their words lived on. There's life and there's power in words, and so is there in the words that we speak. Go to Ezekiel, the sixth chapter. And here we find that Ezekiel says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. And say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. 
Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains, to the hills, to the rivers, to the valleys, Behold, I even I will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places. Now he's talking about the places they worshipped their gods, you know, the idols. But now, the thing that we need to understand is the fact that God had his prophets prophesying to the mountain, saying to it. Now sometimes you start talking to people today about talking to your problem. You talk to the mountain. And they think that you just got a little problem upstairs. But no, the prophets of God did this. In Zechariah, the fourth chapter, you find that through verse 6 and 7, that God said concerning Zerubbabel, he said, you go to the mountain bearing the headstone, see, of this wall that he's charged building. And he said, you cry unto the mountain and say, grace, grace, grace. Now, he's speaking that to a mountain. Who art thou, O mountain, to stand before Zerubbabel? Words, see, spoken words. Now, let me remind you that in the New Testament, we find that Jesus tells us, Whosoever shall say to a mountain. We see the prophets of God talk to mountains. We see that God instructed them to talk to them. And we find that it happened just like they said. Now, when he said grace to that mountain, he's talking about God's willingness and power. (laughs) His willingness to use his power on his behalf was there. Grace is God's willingness. Now, let's carry this with this thought in mind that Jesus was Logos, the Word. The rod was a type of the Word that delivered Israel. It delivered them from every situation. It supplied their needs. It brought forth a manifestation of what was needed. It brought salvation. It brought water out of the rock, which was Christ Jesus. Now let's go to Romans, the fourth chapter. And let's notice that in verse 13, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now listen to this phrase, through the righteousness of faith. Not to Abraham and his seed, the promise that he should be heir of the world. First of all, let's get that. The promise is that Abraham would be heir of the world. Not just a portion, heir of the world. Was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now hold the phrase, righteousness of faith. Come down to verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace... To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. It had to be by faith that it might be by grace, because faith is the only way you can enter into grace. Come over to the fifth chapter, verse 2. Well, 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace... Wherein we stand, that's the only way you have access into God's willingness is through faith. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Now, this week, we have a CD offer number 7409, Life and the Power of Words. Four CDs for $29 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $34. The Life and the Power of Words. We go into the scriptures and point out many things Proverbs says about the tongue and words that you speak. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know there's life in every word of God. 
Well, the opposite end of that spectrum end, there's death in all the words of the devil. So if you're speaking God's word, it is producing life to things. Jesus tells you how to get things. Whosoever shall say, believe, doubt not his heart, believe what he saith, and will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So this is the law of faith. But right on the other hand, if faith is a substance of things hoped for, giving substance of things we hope for, which is what God has promised us, then the other end is that fear is the substance of things that you don't desire, that you rather not happen. But the more you talk it, the more you'll believe it. That's why our yea should be yea and our nay nay. Anything more than that cometh of evil, Jesus said. So we need to watch our words, the life and power of words. Do you realize that scientists say that every word that's ever been spoken is still out there somewhere? They never cease to exist. Well, some of you wanting to have a crop failure. You're planting seeds. Well, you can. You can repent of the foolish words you've spoken and begin to overcome that evil with the good word of God. God's word has life in it. Proclaim it. You know, if you're talking the enemy's language, you can't expect to have God's blessing. Begin to prophesy what the word of God says over you. I have abundance of no lack. My God has met my need. That's CD offer number 7409, Life and the Power of Words. Four CDs for a total of $34. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400. Or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.